Hi, this is Paula. And I'm Joseph, and you're listening to Life Lived Better. Hey, everybody. So glad that you joined us this week. Joseph, how are you? I'm doing well, doing well. Just, it's another, what is today? Monday? It Recording is Monday. on a Monday? Yeah. yeah. Had a good morning. Got to see you for breakfast. Yes. Super exciting. We Loved talk all the it. time. Mm-hmm. every week but we never see each other in person i know it's so nice to actually see you in person and then i got to drag you to my favorite locale up in your area the 99 cent store <laughs> Woo-woo. yes and i got some much needed tin foil <laughs> <laughs> well i hate to admit that um, you left before i did because i couldn't stop shopping <laughs> You had, you had two armfuls when I left, so <laughs> I'm sure it could only get worse from there. I promise I went, I left as soon as you did. I promise. Mm-hmm. Right after. Right, Maybe right, we right. should do an episode about shopping addiction. Yeah. Or hoarding. Mm-hmm. I can justify <laughs> it whenever it's the 99 cent store, you know. If it were truly 99 cents for everything, <laughs> that would be a wonderful thing. Oh, but yeah. nothing I bought was 99 cents. But it all ended in 99 cents. That it did. And that's that their did. catch. <laughs> I'm going to do that. I'm going to start some store acting like everything ex- is cheap, but it's really all expensive. I read somewhere or heard on the news or something that the Dollar Tree, which everything is actually a dollar, had increased their prices. I don't know if that's true. Last but... year, about a year ago, they increased uh, to $1.25. And now hmm. they have this this little these little areas where it's like, you can get it for $3 or $5 because it's supposed to be, you know, better stuff. Mm. I don't like it. <laughs> I am an, a connoisseur of the dollar stores. Yeah. There's a new store over here in Garland and I, uh, I can't think of what it's called. Um, but it's like a, on Mondays, everything's a dollar on Tuesdays. Oh, is it like a bin $2. Drop? Something like that, where you go in and dig through these just tables full of stuff, just completely mm-hmm. random things. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I've gone to one in Waco. That one was called Ben Drop. I know they've got a lot of different names, but this stuff that I found in Waco was stuff from Amazon. Mm, yeah, that was this place too, but it wasn't called Ben Drop. It was like Crazy Deals or something like that. I've got to find that. It's much closer than driving all the way to Waco. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard the people that work there told me that if you go the day it all releases, there's a lot of really good stuff, like even electronics. Mm-hmm. But I went on, you know, day, you know, the day right before they were going to restock. So I got the cheap prices, but nothing good. Yeah. I don't need we got a um, Cards Against Humanity, the Disney version there. It was on like a $7 day. So I got it. That is the dirtiest you would think Disney would be like kid friendly. It is the dirtiest version of, and we even have the dirty version of Cards Against Humanity. It's so filthy. I love it. Oh, I got roped into playing that game with my students years ago. I didn't know what it was Mm -hmm. and they were, I just heard it was like when it got real popular and I was like, sure, I'll play. And as we started playing and my son was there too. And as my, as we started playing, I was like, okay, hang on. I thought this was like a, 
like a morality kind of game where it's like, you know, what would you do if, oh, I was so embarrassed. I had to read those questions out loud. I was like, I can't do this. This is too much. <laughs> I saw one today that popped up in my feed for some reason that was like Cards Against Humanity, but like the therapy version. And I've got to find it because I think that would be too much the fun. Therapy version. That's mm-hmm. something to play in group. I don't know. As long as you just facilitate <laughs> it and you don't have to answer. Right. I didn't know there was one. I'm looking for something to write on so I can write that down. I have to Google that. I wouldn't play that game with my my students again. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a group of students who were also in recovery. And we had a, a, a tight knit group that I facilitated. And that's why it kind of we were in a different kind of scenario. They weren't in a classroom mm-hmm. with me, but yeah. I don't think I would play it with clients. I can't imagine how, and so many people are doing virtual meetings with clients these days. It seems like that would make it a little different and difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, if you get it and you, you play it with your clients, let me know how it goes. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that it would be client appropriate. (laughs) (laughs) I guess you just play with other therapists. Yeah. I think it's like for people that are in therapy, like things that you may or may not say to your therapist. Oh, okay. That is awesome. I just ordered a, what do you meme, which is like a, a game where you have pictures of memes and then it's like cards against humanity. You all get cards and you get to pick a phrase that goes best with the picture that you think. Mm -hmm. And then whoever, you know, I guess somebody judges on who does somebody decides who the best one is. And I can't wait to play it. I played one like that with my family a while back. I played the judge and they, they, it was a little tiles where you just had to pick a bunch of random words and then Mm -hmm. you put together the best sentence answering whatever the prompt was that was pretty funny huh. that was a lot Sounds of fun. fun there are so many fun games out there i do miss that aspect of uh working with clients and working with students who are in recovery and i got to be more of a facilitator than a teacher of doing those kind of uh games with them just uh fun fun games yeah i do have like a list of I don't know, 50 or 100 fun questions for therapy. And we'll do that from time to time or just kind of go through and pick out a handful of them and just have a have a fun discussion around, you know, and help get to know everybody. I like those. Always kind of an interesting one. I like those. I know we're going along with the conversation, but whenever I first started teaching at UNT in one of my classes, I did a uh, a uh, an assignment where they all, they each, created some kind of a board game related to a counseling theory and it had to Mm -hmm. like be one you could play with clients but kind of in the genre of that counseling theory there were some creative ideas and I always got them this marketing idea that that's something that's missing in the treatment world is somebody who has creates board games to Mm. play in counseling yeah that would be fun so somebody get on that (laughs) So what have we got on our topic list today? Today we have anger, anger, (laughs) (laughs) just expressing anger. Understanding what anger is, I think. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people don't think it's okay to feel anger or feel angry or get angry, but it's a valid emotion. It's something Mm -hmm. that we all experience. I think if any, out of any of the emotions, it's probably one that we've all, you know, can acknowledge and can experience and 
you know, can see pretty easily. Mm -hmm. And uh, the the thing that I, that jumps out at me about anger, I always remember like learning in my own counseling probably is that anger is a secondary emotion. And so it's always a good reminder to us that there's probably something else we're feeling that we need to deal with. If anger comes out, anger mm -hmm. is how we cover up a more difficult feeling. And that was like big news to me because yeah. I thought anger was up there as one of the like primary emotions, you know, and it is something that we, we all feel often, but that it's a, um, an emotion that we put on top of other emotions that are even more difficult for many people to express. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I always say that like with couples when they're fighting, it's you, it's rarely about what it's about. And I think, you know, that's the same thing. Like you're rarely angry about that, whatever the surface thing is, it's generally mm -hmm. some stuff that's built mm -hmm. and Absolutely. gotten to the point of overflowing. Yeah. And like what it represents to you, what that, you know, what the, whatever that thing is, it's causing you anger. A lot of times it's what it's representing to you more than it is the actual event. Mm -hmm. That's all. Isn't it? Aren't emotions complicated? Very, very complicated. Well, the info Yet simple. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, with the info we found on anger, one of the things I thought was like a real shift in perspective is to look at it as um, on a range or on a spectrum, you know, because you can be slightly annoyed all the way up to being enraged. And that's anger. You know, anger is all of those things. And mm -hmm. I think that's an important place to start when you feel anger is to look at how angry you are, like on a, on a spectrum or on a scale. Uh, some of the information I looked at did it like on a barometer, or like a thermometer, you know, like from from you know at what point on that scale are you feeling the anger? Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah, I like that too. Like a one to a ten. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, what might be some of the things that we would feel under anger? Like what I, I think of immediately think of like anxiety and frustration. Um, those types of things that lead to anger for me. What about you? Yeah, um, fear definitely often can come up as anger for me. Um, embarrassment, mm. you know, um, powerlessness even, you know, just um, I think of the other day I saw a mom who lost her child in a store, her, you know, over the loudspeaker, the store did a shutdown and they did code code Adam, I guess I think is what they call it, where so the store locks down and nobody can go anywhere till the child and mother are, are found, you know, find one another. And the mother was walking near me and she was yelling out her kid's name. And the, there was over the loudspeaker, the child, it was announced that she was at the front of the store. And as they were being reunited, that mother would just started yelling at her kid like where oh my god you scared me and just that powerlessness of like i don't know i think you know the fear the powerlessness but and then she just broke down and into sobbing and i was mm -hmm. thinking how first it was anger she was mad at her child for 
you know, probably leaving somehow they got separated, but it wasn't, it wasn't anger at all that she was feeling. She was scared. She was, Mm -hmm. you know, just all just in a, in a lot of fear about what, what could happen. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but gotten to the point you're so angry that you're crying or you're shaking or physically having like, Uh, you know, a response. And I think that's important too, to point out that when we get angry, like we have a chemical shift in our body like you know your blood pressure increases your you know your heart starts racing starts pumping faster like you have dopamine and things that get released in your in your brain and so it's you know you're having an actual physical response to that feeling as well yeah and that's a that's that's tough a lot of those responses can actually shut down our cognitive ability Mm -hmm. our ability to reason you know like the part of our brain that is rational that makes decisions it can actually shut that down especially whenever you're at the real like if if we're looking at the scale you know zero being nothing and 10 being rage the higher up the scale you get the more those that cognitive ability starts shutting down that's that's a tough place i mean your body's changing and it's taking over not good at all not good at all right and i think i misspoke not dopamine but adrenaline ah your adrenaline yeah yeah dopamine's the one that feels good yeah i'm not sure what happens with your dopamine and your serotonin levels but your adrenaline non-adrenaline those things get triggered yeah that um you know emotional intelligence our capacity to be aware of, be in control of, to express emotions, you know, our ability to handle our relationships, our ability to be empathetic, that it is reduced when we start letting anger take control of us. It, mm. uh, the, the anger, uh, as the anger in- increases in intensity, our emotional intelligence kind of goes out the window. So it's important to stay aware of it, stay aware Whenever we're on a one, two, three level, start staying aware of it at that point so we don't let it get to a 10. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's something that uh, to me comes back to a lot of times like learned behaviors. And, you know, I think we've talked about this in past episodes that how you grow up and how your family expresses anger is definitely something that you pick up and is something that you react either the same way or a complete total opposite Um, but a lot of times I know like people that grow up in families that scream and yell and they're angry that's how they express their anger and so when they end up with someone who doesn't scream and yell it becomes frustration and irritation and all kinds of things because they don't feel like they're being heard they don't feel like there's you know the person is engaging with them and that's a normal thing like when somebody's screaming and yelling like that's rule number one like keep your cool you know, keep, stay calm, stay, you know, same tone. Don't go there because it's hard to fight with someone who won't fight back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've heard people talk about that screaming and yelling that they enjoy that because they like to make up, like especially Mm -hmm. couples. Oh, yuck. No, I'm I'm not into the screaming and yelling. No way. And somebody throws something, I'm going to be out the door. I could not. to handle that because I didn't, I've never seen that, you know, like in my growing up years, I didn't see that. So that's scary, scary for me. The first time a person yelled at me, I, 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 I was shocked. I was, I remember it. I was 21 years old. I remember it. I was just, 
I was shocked. I just stood there frozen. Like what's mm-hmm. happening here? <laughs> what's going on? Yeah. Anger that we learn, we get a payoff from anger. You know, sometimes people can escalate their anger to get people to back off. Mm. You know, if I want to know something and you don't want to answer it, if you escalate your anger, somebody like me will back off because yeah. I don't want to deal with your, I don't want to deal with your anger and my fear of your anger can, uh, can give you exactly what you want is for me not to bring that subject up anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think when we get to that point that we're expressing our anger poorly, you know, or outwardly, like that's almost the point is looking for some kind of, you know, response to that, you know, like an equally extreme response to, you know, the way we're behaving. Mm-hmm. I know in counseling, in the uh, like crisis intervention training, it always says, don't respond, you know, don't mm-hmm. respond because that is what people expect. If I yell yeah. at you, you expect that I'll yell back. I mean, you'll yell back. And it, when you don't do that, it does kind of throw things off balance. It takes a mm-hmm. person by surprise when you don't yell back. If I yell at you, if you don't yeah. push or you don't pull, if I push or pull you. Exactly. Yeah. And so looking at uh, anger on a scale, if we start at annoyance, that's where real important. And uh, the research that we looked at when we were looking at this um, at this topic says that most people, most of us, we get annoyed several times a day and can, you know, okay. You know, I, I was like, yeah, I can see that. Like you're making your coffee in the morning, you're out of cream. That's annoyance. So hmm. I can see that, that we do get annoyed several times a day and uh, annoyance is good. It just kind of lets us know that something's kind of bothersome. It can be a little of a, an alert. And if we take, you know, become aware at that time and, and realize we're, we're kind of annoyed by something, then we can, we're still rational. Our adrenaline level is still moderate. We're not out of control we're we're thinking and we, we can be cognitive then when you find a solution you know you go okay I, I don't love it but instead of cream I'll just use some milk or what do I have I can get get by but if you let it build up you don't do anything about it then you kind of escalate the anger and it moves up the barometer into you know the next emotion mm-hmm. and the next one being frustrated just mm-hmm. feeling bothered and that's going to cause your stress level to increase. It causes your, again, your adrenaline is impacted, but you're still at somewhat of a rational level. You're still somewhat calm, somewhat reasonable, but beginning to get frustrated, resentments are starting to creep in. And so that's when it's really important to look for ways to, you know, deescalate. You know, people who left the house they didn't deal with their frustration with the cream then they get into traffic and it it builds and it builds and they don't de-escalate and then they get to work and they just bite somebody's head off yeah or follow somebody home and shoot them down in their driveway (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. like we hear about on the uh, you know on the news sometimes like road rage caused that Probably not. The road rage caused that. It was like a whole bunch of those things. And somebody that didn't have some coping skills let one more is like the camel that, I mean, the the straw that broke the camel's back, Mm -hmm. you know? I had a client just last week tell me he was, 
he drives a tow truck and he somebody in front of him was going pretty slow so he you know moved around them and as he was passing them the guy pulled a gun out and waved a gun up in the air and he was like he said i just you know calmly drove on by but he said it was pretty pretty intense like he didn't see what he had done to warrant that reaction but that's so true like you know when we get people that are screaming and yelling at us and we have no idea road rage episodes i had a lady once i parked in a it was my bad i parked in a handicapped parking spot to run into a grocery store i had my dog in the car and I had a roommate that had just had knee surgery and she asked me to pick up her prescription. So I was running into the pharmacy and this woman just verbally assaulted me walking in the store for parking in the handicapped parking spot and like was in my face, her finger in my face, screaming and yelling at me that I did not need to be parking in a handicapped parking space if I was not handicapped and people needed those parking places. And she was absolutely right. But oh my gosh. I was like, ma'am, I need you to get your finger out of my face, please. Exactly. <laughs> and just that, kept that stepping is, backwards. Oh, that's so like, yeah, she was valid. Her point was valid. But my thought is, how do, does she think that's going to do something? What does she think right. that's going to accomplish? Are you going to, is are you going to hear her and say, you are so right. I'm so, you know, I tell you what, I have not parked in a handicapped parking <laughs> spot. Since. That's good to hear. That is good. to But hear. it made me think of like, you know, my mom had back issues and neck issues. And so she had a, you know, a handicapped parking spot for when she was going to the university because the parking was awful and she would have to park, you know, way out of the back of the parking lot, carrying her books and everything she couldn't. Someone like that who you can't see has a physical ailment. Like mm -hmm. if that woman had attacked me, you know, or attacked my mother rather that way like that, you know, she you may not see anything physically wrong with her, but there was something. So you don't know what's going on with people. And all I could think in that situation was one, this lady's crazy Two, I don't know <laughs> what has happened to her today to make her like day so bad, but I'm not going to add <laughs> Mm -hmm. any more to that yeah that's that's yeah that that's an overreaction to mm -hmm. definitely uh, something has happened at some time in her life that caused that reaction that's yeah. definitely mm, that's not uh, so mm -hmm. I, uh, I i often tell a story when i'm teaching uh, crisis intervention classes about a time that like being a professional and having a professional license saved my life probably because i got I got a, I'm going to say more than annoyed. I was at a, let the least frustrated um, when I was in a target parking lot, I was on my way to do a group and uh, someone was driving like across the parking lot, you know, the, the, the wrong way, the inappropriate way, not down the lanes, but across the actual parking spots mm -hmm. and almost ran into me. And I, got, of course, fear is what I felt, I'm sure, because I almost had an accident, but I got angry. I remember like I hit the window with my hand and I started yelling at them. And then I followed them in the parking lot, actually followed them. And thank goodness I had a moment of clarity where I went, I, I like went into some thought process and thought, what are you going to do? What What's going to, how's this going to end? Are you going to, what are you going to do with them when you get them? You know? And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, no, as a professional, as a counselor, 
we got, we have, we're required to act a certain way in public. We can't, we can't step out of line too much or, or, you know, that our, our license is in jeopardy. And I thought, ah, this isn't worth losing my livelihood, my profession over mm-hmm. somebody driving, although they were real wrong. It's not worth catching them and explaining it to them. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm so glad I got that moment. And uh, my, my laugh is always, I was probably on my way to teach like a stress and anger management class <laughs> too, but oh my gosh, that is uh, a, a, one of my colleague colleagues told me whenever that happened, that they knew they needed to go to counseling when one day they were so angry driving down the freeway on their way to teach a stress and anger management class. They got so angry with this road rage that they were like almost in their back seat yelling at somebody that was driving behind. them. <laughs> like it's always a good indicator of something going on underneath, like, right. you know, that is stemming from our core hurts our core feelings of things that are much greater than actual anger. Yeah, absolutely. So part of the, you know, moving into that frustrated stage is like figuring out what are some actions you can take to kind of deescalate. So self-soothing behaviors, you know, some people talk to themselves. Some people have, you know, a rock in their pocket that they rub, you know, there's breathing exercises and um, different like visualizations. What else can you think of? I, I like the muscle relaxation. I like the like starting at your head or starting at your feet and working up or working down, just tensing each muscle and then relaxing it. Mm-hmm. And you do that while you breathe out and you breathe in. I like it because it physically for me, it changes physically how I feel, but it changes also my mindset because I have to focus on it for a while. So Mm -hmm. it's almost like a mindfulness exercise of getting out of what's going on, getting present with myself and then physically, because I feel stress and anger. I feel some of the more, uh, I guess that people might consider negative emotions or or I feel them physically. I, Mm -hmm. I can, I can, if I, get too tense. My, my shoulders hurt, you know, because I carry it physically in my body. Mm -hmm. That's why I like that one a lot. I think one of the ones listed here was choice, which kind of ties right into what you were just talking about, about having that rational moment, but basically getting to a point, you know, where you decide, what do you want? Do you want to accept this, change this or release this, you know, making that decision helps you feel less frustrated. And I think people, I talk for me, sometimes have a hard time believing that feelings are a choice because Mm -hmm. we often say like, you know, you're entitled to however you feel. Um, and you are, you're entitled to how you feel, but we're not entitled to act in any way we want to as a result of that emotion that, yeah, really with everything in the world, I can accept it. I can change it or I can release it. That's the truth about everything. I can't change anybody but me. And if I can't change it, then I have to accept it or get out of its way. Yeah. That's pretty simple. That's the simple part that you talked about earlier. It is pretty simple, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is so hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I've certainly said this before, but I, I, firmly believe that we don't have any control over what we feel, but we do, like you said, have control over how we respond to it. And mm-hmm. that, that to me is the key. 
-hmm. you know, if you feel anger, it's valid. It's a real emotion, but you know, yelling and screaming is not the solution. Mm -hmm. Keeping your cool, coming up with solutions, you know, those that's the appropriate way. Yeah. Um, and then recognizing when you're feeling, you know, sadness, anger, whatever it is, and trying to pick a different feeling mm -hmm. to then talk yourself into. Exactly. You know, we can choose to be happy. We may have to choose it 15 times in a day. Yeah, exactly. But we can make that choice. And then on the barometer, you move from that um, frustration then the higher up on the scale goes to hostility. Like, and when you hear, when you're getting to hostility, that's usually a buildup of mm -hmm. events or feelings like stress, pain, anxiety. Life is kind of not working. I, I, I think of times like whenever I have difficulty in multiple of my life areas singularly one event I can usually handle, but if several of them are kind of sucking at the same time, then it can build up into a lot. And it's not always possible to cope with hostility very calmly because our tolerance to stuff is low, mm -hmm. you know, because if we've got a lot of stuff going on in a lot of areas. If you've got physical pain, emotional pain, and then other things happen, it's hard to hold on to. If you're just overloaded with responsibilities with everywhere you turn, there's something due, something behind, something that you're responsible for. And then something we don't think of a lot is even like our physical body, like hormonally, there may be something off. If your mm -hmm. hormones aren't in check, if you haven't had blood work lately and you're just kind of feeling things that don't feel right or don't feel like you should be feeling them, you know? And then sometimes we just get stuck because we don't know how to express our emotions. So we kind of just get stuck with all that emotion stuff going on. And I think that, I mean, I run into that a lot with folks just not, number one, not understanding what they're feeling. And then once they learn to kind of tune into what they're feeling, how they deal with that feeling, you know, yeah. in an appropriate way. Yeah, absolutely. Our body has this built-in fight, flight, or freeze kind of scenario. When we're in danger, it, you know, it's put in our brain, like from the caveman days, if there's a big something we need to run from, you know, it gives us that ability. And in modern day, we don't have as much that we're in danger of. So that's a lot of times where stress kind of comes into the picture. But we have the ability to think to a point. And like I said earlier, when we're not able to do that anymore and our body just keeps telling us that we're in danger, then our brain is affected by that. So we can't, you know, reason our way out of the emotion or the intensity of the emotion. So a, a good tool in that situation is just step away, like let that release of adrenaline that's going on in your body get out you know, physically move yourself out of the scenario. If you're in a scenario with another person, walk away and relax, breathe until you can be rational again. Yeah. I think taking a pause in those times, incredibly important. I always say like number one rule and two, one and two in anger management is taking a pause um, so that you aren't reactive, um, exploding and two, like, not cursing 
Like that's a big one that really triggers people's anger when you throw an F-bomb in there or call somebody the B word or, you know, it just takes it to another level. Hadn't thought about that. Mm-hmm. That's true. really important. It can be offensive, I guess, to some people too, especially if you don't know them very well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes people don't hear the difference between cussed at and cussing. Mm -hmm. I could see that totally. So the next one on our barometer and the last one, I believe, is enraged. So uh -huh. you've gone through all of these. And if you haven't gotten it under control yet, then the last one becomes enraged. So this is where you're physically, you know, lashing out. Um, we just said this, like cursing, swearing excessively, um, threatening violence towards someone, you know, just kind of it's it takes it to the extreme mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> have you ever gotten that far I don't, should i even ask i have never gotten physical with anyone that i can recall but i have been guilty of flipping a coffee table or throwing a remote from yeah. time to time <laughs> my son tell, told me when i was when he was really young he knows whenever i got like two too frustrated because I grit gritted my teeth when I said mm -hmm. something. <laughs> Stop whatever and do that. Yeah. <laughs> like I always knew it was too far. You were out of control. Yeah. I never I remember either. once not being proud of myself, but I got I was arguing with an ex and he grinned at me and it just sent me over the edge. And I was sitting on the coffee table and I stood up and just flip the coffee table midair and it was like a domino effect it hit this thing then hit this thing and it ended in like the shattering of a plant after five different things had kind of gotten knocked over <laughs> oh the and, housewives oh got famous for that didn't they? <laughs> yeah flipping a table <laughs> yeah oh man yeah i think in the moment of uh i've thrown things and slammed things before not mm -hmm. at people but like when i've gotten angry and I always like, it always like shakes me back if something gets broken. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean to do that. I, yeah. I did that with my mom once whenever I was a teenager, I kicked my shoe off because I was mad at her and it hit her, a candle holder uh, that was on the wall and it broke. And she just walked in the room and was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh -huh. that what you were hoping to accomplish there? I was like, oh man, I didn't think yeah. that through. <laughs> Mm -hmm. oh, when people are uh, calm whenever you're out of control does not feel very good absolutely and that's again where practicing some of those techniques can come in really handy you know taking some breaths um, counting talking to yourself in the third person like you know kind of basic things that can make a big difference in your reaction we have a, a good good list here of like when you experience um, anger from the mild level all the way like to the highest degree of being upset. And I think before you get into the anger is a good time to kind of talk it through. So when you do get to almost out of control where your brain's not functioning as um, as well as it could that these things already be on board, you kind of already mm -hmm. have this plan of action. So um, with mild, you know, if you're a little mild, upset, can't, you don't have cream for your coffee, 
you can usually focus through that. You know, you can usually just find the solution right there. But if you can't, then take your take your break before you move to the next degree of the anger. Learning to kind of manage that and become more aware of like decisions that we have in that moment and trying to take that step back so that we're, you know, it, it helps like lessen our defensiveness and it helps, you know, lessen our reaction, helps us be less critical. One of the things I, I, I read in this information was that, that like training yourself in anger inoculation, like when you are getting those, I guess, ridiculous responses to situations. If I'm like really ridiculously upset by not having any creamer for my coffee to like, look at the more ludicrous aspects of the situation, like look for the humor in it Mm -hmm. that can pull you back into being more reasonable, you know, like, I mean, how, how bad is not having cream for your coffee? It's not fun. I don't like black coffee, but eh, you know, you can, you can find your way back if you think, think about it for a moment. Mm-hmm. But what do you, what do you, but what about when you get to like the highest degree of upset? What, that's the time where your brain's already, it, you're out of control. You don't have necessarily the cognitive ability. What can you kind of, you know, front load now? So when you get there, you can do it when you don't have the logic to work it out. Um, taking that break, taking a time out, um, definitely, I think is one of the biggest, most important things just to give yourself time to kind of gather your thoughts, you know, your blood pressure to lower things physically to kind of, you know, change, but also implementing some of those activities like the deep breathing, um, doing some guided meditation. There's apps and things that you can download. There's tons of YouTube videos, um, different things that you can do ahead of time, visualizations, meditation. So, you know, lots of lots of things that you can kind of learn today that will help tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, one of the things people talk about in, in like, you know, meditation and yoga and and you know, body work that you can do, which kind of makes me realize, I wonder, like a lot of the people I know that practice yoga on a regular basis are pretty calm people. Mm -hmm. I guess if you're doing that each day, that makes sense because it does do that for your brain. Yeah. And then if you just, if you're, if you need to release that adrenaline, you can get away, physically move. Like some of the information we read said, doing push-ups, chin-ups, sit-ups, running, jogging, going for a ride on a bicycle, just doing something to get the adrenaline out of your body, like physically get it out of you. Mm -hmm. I think that's, I know everyone that has ever listened before knows how much I love to garden. I realized a couple of weeks ago, I hadn't gardened lately and I was feeling a lot of stress. I got out there and just started pulling some weeds and I was like, ta-da, you know, I think just a physical act of of mm-hmm. that did something for me and it took me down. It took the barometer from, you know, I don't know what number I'm not going to reveal what number, but, you know, just the little bitty things that were getting to me. It's like it's not that big of a deal anymore because I, I just I released it all. Yeah, it's it's important to find some kind of outlet when you get to that point, for sure. Something healthy that you can do. And, and you know, I, you said it, logic does not apply when you get to the point that you are 
outside of your body yelling and screaming and cussing and you know doing all of those things you're not thinking logically you're not thinking rationally so you know to have some kind of cue one thing that polo does that always makes me laugh sometimes it's irritating but he <laughs> will say to me i forgive you and you know it's a way to just kind of like cut the tension in the air and sometimes it'll irritate me but most of the time it makes me you know smile Mm -hmm. And, and that helps kind of like bring me back to reality and, you know, not that I ever really get enraged, but, you know, I am moody and I do get in moods from time to time. And, you know, so that's just something that we have that helps kind of, you know, and I'll do it to him occasionally as well. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just something to help kind of snap us out of that, and bring awareness to it. I like that for couples having a thing, you know, mm -hmm. I, I heard once a couple had like when they were getting into something like it was they were getting too hot and heavy into it and they needed a break that they had permission to touch each other on the forehead <laughs> like to touch <laughs> the other one I was like I don't think I could agree to uh -uh. that because if I was really enraged and someone touched me on the forehead I mm. would want to snap their finger but they had this agreement you know they and so that worked for them so whatever it is that you can agree and you've got to agree to it before you get ahead to of the time Mm -hmm. Oh, because you imagine if you if you didn't agree to it ahead of time, it might end up with a finger snapping. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think this is a, a good look at anger. If looking at it on a spectrum, I hadn't thought of that prior. So I'm really glad that um, we that we dove a little deeper into this emotion. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I mean, this is it, it is something that everybody deals with and everybody understands. And so, you know, to try to avoid it, to try to run from it, to me, just causes it to get bigger and more out of control. And mm -hmm. it's really important. You know, we spend a lot of times kind of sweeping things under the rug and not addressing little issues that come up, those little things that kind of like hit us just the wrong way a little bit but we we think you know we don't want to have a conflict we don't want to have a fight or an argument so we just kind of i always say we put things in a basket in our brain and once the basket kind of reach reaches fullness and starts to overflow then that's usually when we get reactive and something triggers it and now it's about 15 things instead of one thing and or it's that one thing but actually behind it are these 15 other things that we've kind of held on to so understanding that not every issue has to be a fight or has to result in anger or conflict. I think that's a big way of managing your anger is managing those little things that kind of come up on a regular basis, just having conversations around them, not being afraid to express, you know, how you feel about something. Mm -hmm. If somebody does something that hurts your feelings, say, you know what, that hurt my feelings just then, you know, give them the opportunity to clean it up. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Or you're going to, it's going to build and build and then pop. Mm -hmm. I love it. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. And we hope that you have learned something as we have through this episode. And don't forget that knowledge leads to a life lived better. Thank you for listening to Life Lived Better with Paula and Joseph. 